Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome to the LiberCube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical LiberCubicalist. This show, why does it exist? Well, that's a very good question. One that I often ask myself when I see how many listeners I have. (laughs) Uh, Good times, good times. Uh, Yeah, so basically, I consume a metric shit ton of media. And... In order to get the data, the datum, I don't know when you would use data versus datum necessarily, to get that out of the dusty addict of my mind, I pour it forth in podcast form, which is what this is. This is. Uh, Yeah, so that's it. Uh, I should say, uh, you may not have consumed some of this media yourself, so, you know, as a possibility of that being a possibility... Okay, that's a weird sentence. I warn, because I don't want to spoil things for you. That's not what I'm here to do. What I am here to do, segue, is push this button. Movie monologue. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Unlucky Charms. Thank you for that sponsorship. Movie the first, Dune from 2021. Apparently, part one of uh, who knows how many, which I did not realize going in. If I had of, I may have skipped. Well, you know what? I probably wouldn't have uh, because I think I mentioned maybe last episode that I'm trying for the third or fourth time to make my way through the book Dune. Which, uh, since, uh, I feel like since high school, every once in a while I'll just pick it up, try to read it, get a little bit further than I did last time before giving up, and because I'm not really, you know, it, it's not hitting me. It's not hitting me right, for for whatever reason. Uh, so, you know, we'll see how that goes, uh, and that's sort of why I thought maybe watching the movie would help with that, just to sort of get into this world, if you will, this spicy, spicy world. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the story of Dune, it's interesting. Um, I think, you know, what probably causes me to bounce off it, which is sort of one of the reasons why this movie is, you know, it's got interesting parts, but not my fave. Uh, it focuses a lot on politics. The politics of the universe that Dune takes place in are, are vast, or, 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 you know what, if you like sort of uh, politics in your fantasy, I feel like this is going to be so far up your alley. You know what, um, uh, quite often when Dune comes up on the podcast, which it does from time to time, because of course, uh, it's, uh, it comes up revolving around, or at least we mentioned Matt Coville, a uh, uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh, dude. Sure. Uh, and uh, his love of Dune. And he also loves running uh, political intrigue uh, uh, D&D. So 
uh, I, I guess it's kind of no surprise that he likes this so much. Yeah, uh, there you go. Look at that. I just figured that out as I was speaking these words. Let me read the MDA. I wonder what that'll say. Featured adaptation of Frank Herbert's science fiction novel uh -huh, about the son of a noble family entrusted with the protection of the most valuable asset and most vital element in the galaxy. Yeah, so that's the spice that you... Uh, if you've heard of Dune, you've probably heard of spice. Um... So what spice is exactly one thing it's needed for intergalactic travel. So, you know, that's very important, obviously, in a, a, a vast multi-planetary system empire. You're going to need some of that. Uh, and then I guess it's like a drug or something or it like expands your mind, man. I don't know uh, uh, what spices exactly. I haven't quite uh, figured out yet. Uh, uh, perhaps as I work my way through the book, it will become more obvious. On the note of working my way through the book, um, I find, and this tends to happen sometimes, I'm reading it slowly. Uh, so, you know, uh, uh, don't be surprised if the next book banter takes me a little while. So, you know, forewarned is forearmed. Uh, okay, rating-wise for the movie. Ah, jeez. I think I'd have to go... Three-ish, if you're unfamiliar with my rating scale. Three is enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. And to be honest, it's just... Uh, I feel like the Dune universe is just not necessarily one that appeals to me so much. <laughs> uh, you know, <coughs> fun, interesting parts, and I like what they're building. And I can't see some potential. Is it going to be a trilogy, or is it going to be... Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, uh... Yeah, so that's Dune for you. Moving on to a movie not at all like Dune. Leprechaun from 1993. Ah. Uh, your luck just ran out, it says on the poster, which is funny. An evil, sadistic leprechaun goes on a killing rampage in search of his beloved pot of gold. Uh, this is, if not Jennifer Aniston's first movie, one of her firsts. We've got uh, Warwick Davis as the titular... <laughs> titular titular leprechaun uh who went on to i wonder if he was a leprechaun in all the other movies because i think there's three or four i actually don't know uh and maybe we'll we'll watch some other ones uh you know not impossible i think i've seen other ones like into hood i think i saw that one doesn't he go to space at one point anyways the leprechaun gets crazy and you know what it starts a little crazy as well um so this is sort of I was going to say your typical 90s horror film, but no, it's not even that, really. It's got some of those elements that you'll find in in it. Uh, you're going to have to repeatedly, and very strongly, uh, uh, suspend your disbelief for some of the things in this movie. Not least of which, I suppose, is a, you know, a, a giant leprechaun. Well, giant leprechaun. <laughs> a bit of an oxymoron there. A leprechaun. Uh, it's not scary, necessarily. However, I feel like... So in 93, I was born in 81. Yeah, I could see, like, there would be ages where you would watch this movie and it would be pretty horrifying. Uh, uh, apparently 40 years old is, is not one of those ages. <coughs> uh, watched it with the missus. She loves a horror movie and uh, had never seen this. I don't think she was exactly blown away by it. Uh, but uh, she had never seen it either. So I feel it is like one of those, like, strange 90s... 
uh, horror-y, what the hell, how did this get made? Oh yeah, that's the name of a podcast. Uh, A type of movies that deserves a viewing. If you like a a weird sort of over-the-top, uh, like at one point he's uh, riding around on a tricycle, but he, then he finds like a, I guess it would be a pop out power wheels that he, uh, he, he gets a hold of and he gets pulled over by the cop. Uh, and then of course he, you know, kills the cop. Uh, yeah. You know what? Surprisingly for a movie with an evil leprechaun, a lot of very violent, bloody deaths. So, you know, if that appeals, I guess you weirdo, uh, did I give a rating? Jesus, a hard one to rate actually. You know what? I, I liked more than Dune. <laughs> I like Leprechaun more than Dune, is what I'm saying. So I'm going to go uh, three and change with some ridiculous, e- even laugh out loud uh, for moments. Hey, there you go. Moving on to, from 1988, oh, going back in time, uh, we've got Rain Man. Oh, yeah. I feel like this is just a movie that's like in the zeitgeist and like even if you haven't seen it you've heard of the movie rain man uh you know two hours long i didn't realize it was that long 213 uh okay let me read the uh this course stars uh dustin hoffman and tom cruise uh, uh let me read the imda after selfish la yuppie oh yeah do we still have yuppies hmm i guess we kind of do what does that stand for again uh Young, urban, something, I can't remember. Uh, Yep, he learns his estranged father left a fortune to an autistic savant brother in Ohio that he didn't know existed. Interesting. He absconds with his brother and sets out across the country hoping to gain a larger inheritance. Now, does he find love for his brother along the way? Yes, yes he does, of course he does. Um... So uh, I think every time Tom Cruise comes up on this, I just mentioned my sort of general disdain for him and Scientology uh, and all of that represents. Uh, so sometimes, you know, watching a Tom Cruise movie is, it's not first and foremost on my list of things to do just because, of, you know, there's sort of a sour taste because of it. Uh, that being said, you know, this is a... a, a I think it won, it must have won a, yeah, won four Oscars, 26 wins and 23 nominations total. Yeah, so it won a shit ton of awards. It's a very well-regarded movie and I can see why. Oh yeah, it's got uh, Valerie Galino in it, who I haven't seen in a while. Yeah, she was, she's great in a hot shot. So this, this made me want to watch hot shot. It was funny. I asked the missus if she ever saw uh, hot shots and uh, I suppose unsurprisingly she has not. I then asked her, yeah, but you've seen Hot Shots Part Deux, right? And she said, yes, 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 I have. I have a feeling she has not. Uh, anyways, yes. Yeah, so you start off very much hating Tom Cruise, uh, and not for the Scientology reasons that I mentioned, uh, just because he's a he's an asshole. He's he's not nice to his girlfriend, uh, uh, Susanna, played by Valerie Galino. Uh, he's not nice to the brother. He's not nice to the doctors. He's just not a nice person in general. Um, and I think the softening. Yeah, I guess you could call it that. The softening and the sort of becoming a more well-rounded human being that happens across this uh, uh, this trip is actually believable. Yeah, like, uh, 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 say what you will, I guess, about Tom Cruise, but, uh, you know, he's not a bad actor. And 
uh, by the end of it, you do kind of believe that he actually does care and love for his brother. So, you know, uh, you develop the warm fuzzies over the course of the movie, I feel like, which is uh, probably what it set out to do. Also, uh, this is, you know, 88. People didn't even know what uh, autistic meant uh, back then. In, in, In fact, there's a few... (laughs) <laughs> there's a scene with a nurse where uh, she's reading a chart and, sh- and she's like, artistic? What does that mean? <laughs> uh, I, I think I threw a, maybe a slightly stronger accent than she had on it. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, you know, uh, yeah, good, clean, fun, good, great Sunday movie, great Sunday movie. Uh, if you want your, your heart to warmed a little bit, uh, definitely some problematic parts. I mean, it's a movie from 1988. Of course there's going to be, um, but uh, overall, rating-wise, you know, four, four or five. Yeah, it's uh, it, it makes sense that it, it's uh, it, it's as popular and sort of zeitgeisty as it is. Moving on to the final film from twenty thirteen, Rhymes for Young Ghouls. Uh, yeah, okay. So this is interesting on a couple of levels. First and foremost is that it was the first time in the forty years I have on this planet that I attended a movie screening, no less whoa uh yeah uh it was all you know uh, very safe in masks uh there was probably under 20 people there i was in a uh a place i don't know if i should say because it's a place i'm trying to get a job <laughs> and i don't want to get doxxed right anyways it was in this place i'm trying to get a job um it's it sort of uh you know half copy sh- uh, copy shop coffee shop uh, ice cream parlor uh, uh, art installation, uh, 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 you know, of uh, uh, high-end, you know, local goods, uh, 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 a place for, you know, LGBTQ plus people to, you know, congregate and, and talk and feel safe and uh, just somewhere where I really, really, really want to be involved in. Um, so, you know, there's that. And then they had this, uh, uh, this movie screening uh, that uh, I was uh, fortunate enough to get invited to. Uh, watched the trailer beforehand and it actually just looked like a movie that I would enjoy watching. I mean, this is one of those movies, you know, it's, uh, enjoyed watching is feels weird to say because it's a, a very dark, uh, uh, and real and, uh, uh, you know, serious subject. Well, let me read the, uh, Red Crow, uh, Micmac Reservation, 1976. You know, I could just leave it at that. And, uh, uh, particularly if like myself, you are Canadian, uh, you will know this is probably not good things going to be fucking happening. And yeah, uh, by government decree, every Indian child under the age of 16 must attend residential school in the kingdom of the crow. That means imprisonment at St. Dymphna's. St. Dymphna. I wonder who that is. That's actually a saint I've never heard of. I thought I've heard of most in my, uh, you know, religious uh, studies. Uh, uh, the, that means being at the mercy of Popper, a sadistic Indian agent who runs the school. Now, silver lining of Popper in this is he does get his comeuppance pretty good. Uh, you know, not enough to offset the fucking horrible shit this and uh, uh, others get up to. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, falls into the category and you know we say this a, a couple times on the podcast i'm sure a uh, uh, rough watch in that uh while it is a fictionalized telling it's based on you know uh, events of the time that actually did happen uh so uh you know <laughs> take 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 that uh, when when watching this and i hope you do because it's uh, it, it does something that some of the documentaries I've watched on the subject uh, don't do, which is, you know, uh, 
it sort of purposely injects emotion and and story, uh, 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 which I think is a is a useful tool in helping people to realize you know what went on and and, and how we can work towards change and and and, th- and things like that. So you know, then something I found interesting too, uh, coming into it that I did not expect. Just you know, we're talking movies, so let me talk about a movie related thing. Is that its structure was very much like a heist movie, uh, which I, I thought was a sort of a, a very cool idea to take, you know, they had their, their, their gathering of the team. They had their, their planning stages complete with, you know, little maps that we're looking at in order to plan it. They had the actual heist, uh, uh, where, you know, does everything go a hundred percent according to planting nice? No, of course not. Um, you know, uh, so, so you have that sort of underlying this this very touching, uh, uh, beautifully told, uh, uh, obviously very artistic story, and uh, uh, I, li- I liked it a lot. Rating wise, now, God, this is another one. Man, I gave myself some fucking hard ones to rate today. Uh, it's because it's one of those ones where it's so I don't want to say it's hard to watch because it's it's not. It's a beautiful it's a beautiful tale. But it's also, you know, watching things like this a lot, it's going to do things to you. It's going to make you sort of not feel good, <laughs> which, you know, is important to do to yourself sometimes. Uh, fuck it. I'll just go five out of five. <laughs> also, the uh, the the main, uh, the lead, what was her name? So bad with names. Looking it up now. Uh, uh, Aaliyah, uh, played by... Devery Jacobs. Yeah, uh, this is something else I do, you know, just on a sort of very basic uh, uh, movie uh, note. She is definitely a young actress, and uh, we've spoken of this also. I feel like I'm saying a lot of things I've said on the podcast before. Um, Every once in a while, you'll see a young actress like uh, uh, Emma Watson, uh, uh, Millie Bobby Brown, Grace, uh, what's her name? Chloe Grace Moretta. Like, like I have a list of young actresses who I see, you know, in their youth, in roles, and just think, you know what? We're going to see these actresses for years to come. They're so good. And I would definitely throw Devery Jacobs on that list. She was incredible in this role. She's sort of the, 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 the strong female lead that uh, we all need. She's sort of kicking ass and taking names. Uh, and, and that was a delight to see. Uh, uh, yeah, she was just incredible. Okay, let me push another button. What button am I pushing now? Oh, yeah. Television Talk. Today's Television Talk sponsor is Tellerite Silk Purses. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, man, living in a land of plenty lately when it comes to Star Trek, and I fucking love it yes i dropped an f-bomb to emphasize my point there uh yeah so uh i will admit you know of the star treks that are uh, in the works and coming and stuff this was not the highest on my list of things i was looking forward to but i also knew i would check it out and uh, had confidence that i would enjoy it and that is of course star trek prodigy Mmm apparently appearing on Nickelodeon. Yeah, uh, so it's got a a definite slightly uh, aimed towards a younger audience uh, feel, which is fine. (coughs) It's not even fine. It's it's good. It's it's awesome. Uh, Because what that's going to do, 
I hope and think and pray, is that these uh, uh, young people seeing how amazing Star Trek is uh, will not only mean that, uh, you know, in the far distant future when I'm uh, uh, 80 years old uh, uh, or my brain has been uh, implanted into some sort of robot, God willing, <laughs> that uh, there'll be a new generation of Star Trek lovers who are creating amazing Star Trek like is happening now, which is, uh, you know, great stuff. Plus the whole, you know, uh, uh, Star Trek teaching tolerance and uh, actually having a future that looks a little more optimistic than the one that uh, is currently looming. Yay. Yay. Uh, also interesting in that it's very atypical in that the, the, the main cast is not Starfleet. So that's interesting. So uh, I'll give you the gist. There's this sort of a uh, mining prison planet. You know, we, we've seen mining prison planets. If you've seen one, you've seen them all. Um, and this group uh, escapes through the, uh, sort of finding a ship, a Starfleet ship that's uh, very reminiscent in look to Voyager, uh, which I suppose sort of, you know, there's a sort of logic to that. You know what it looks like? No, what the hell was that? I'm just looking at a picture of the ship. It's called the USS Protostar. Oh, that's kind of cool. It looks like it's got a very spearhead point to this ship, which, what does that remind me of? It's a very cool looking ship. Oh, uh, yeah, this is all uh, 3D generated. Uh, it's not live action. Uh, it's definitely beautiful uh, to behold on that note. Uh, both the characters, the, 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 the everything from the lighting to the characters to the, 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 the ship itself to space is incredible in this. They've done some, inc uh, some, some just beautiful space in this. Probably, you know what, I'll say this. Of the just flying through space and, and you know, things found, you know, nebulas and such, uh, I, I, I think this might be the best I've ever seen in Star Trek. So, you know, there's that. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, so they find this ship and, uh, use it to escape the planet. However, on board is a holographic teacher, uh, that is normally used to teach Starfleet cadets. However, these are not Starfleet cadets. They are escapees. And the hologram is in the form of goddamn Captain, Captain Catherine Janeway. <laughs> did I say Catherine, Captain Catherine Janeway? Yes, I did. Don't make fun of me. It's early. I had a late night. I was at a movie screening. Ah, uh, fuck. Uh, yeah, so uh, uh, that, that's sort of the, uh, the, the how the Starfleet and Star Trek is sort of uh, injected into the story that otherwise would not be so Star Trek-y. Uh, one interesting thing that I'm curious about, like, I think this... Let me just double check. I think this takes place in the Delta Quadrant. Does it not? I'm pretty sure it does. Da, da, da. I'm just going to see if I can find. Okay, so episode one was called Lost and Found. Group of lawless teens exiled on a mining colony. Uh -huh. Outside Federation space. Okay, but how far outside? Uh, I don't know if they're in the Delta Quadrant. But they're, they're definitely far away from Federation Space. Uh, the reason I found that curious is because one of the cast members 
uh, played by a, a fellow podcaster, Jason Manzukas, no less, is playing a Tellarite, which uh, is a, 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 a race found in sort of uh, the Alpha Quadrant, Alpha and Beta Quadrants. They're sort of the uh, pig-looking people, pig folk, if we were playing D&D, I guess. Uh, yeah, on that note, the cast, so Betty Gray as Doll. Uh, she, is that the, is that the guy? Okay. So that's the guy, uh, humanoid male. Yeah. He's got sort of a, a, a big slicked up hair, <laughs> giant ears, purple and pink. Yeah. He's uh, interesting, uh, interesting looking. He's, I, I, I guess sort of the, is he the main character? We focused a lot on him. So, uh, Ella Perno playing Gwen. Oh yeah, so she was uh, uh, this this uh, uh, Ella per or this yeah Gwyn character. She was the warden. I guess we'll just call him the warden. Uh, the warden's daughter, who they kidnapped as they were escaping. Um, there's been hints so far that her allegiances to her father are by no means strong, and she sort of questions, uh, 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 you know, his, you know, evilness. I guess so. Right now, she's uh, in the brig. But I have a feeling that'll maybe change in the third episode. Uh, the aforementioned uh, Jason Manzukis, who's, of course, uh, uh, Jeffrey Characterweedies, playing Jankum Pog. <laughs> That's a good Tellerite name. He's, a, you know, obviously sort of a comic relief, although a, a lot of it's... Uh, been pretty funny zero yeah that's that one okay so that's a medusin which is something from the original series i do believe where yeah yeah uh, they don't really have bodies they're sort of energy floating in space so this one has sort of built a suit around itself uh i, I don't know if they're they call themselves medusins or that's a name that uh uh, uh, humans came up with because if you were to look directly at them, you can uh, go insane or blind or worse or whatever. Uh, we've got uh, Rotok. Yeah, probably Rotok. Rotok, uh, she is the <laughs> sort of uh, cutely voiced giant rock creature. <laughs> uh, that's fun. Uh, yeah, uh, pretty adorable, I will admit. Uh, we got Murph. It's Murph, the little thing. Yeah, Murph, gelatinous light form. It's kind of like a little pet, I guess. Like, it doesn't talk. It's just sort of this ooze. It sort of oozes around. You gotta have one of those, I guess. <laughs> uh, I, I'm curious what uh, what Murph's deal is. Uh, and then we've got Dreadnought. Okay, so that would be the bad guy, I guess. And then, of course, uh, Captain Janeway. Yeah, holographic Captain Janeway. Uh, so far two episodes in digging it, uh, curious to see where it goes. I, I just saw the other day that it's already been renewed for a second season. So that's, uh, that's good news. And, uh, you know, check out if that sounds interesting. Definitely. If you have kids, uh, see, uh, you know, show it to them, see what, uh, see what they think. All right. Moving on to. Today's game, Gavin's sponsor, is Yankee Candle Dusty Book Scent. Thank you for that sponsorship. All right, got a very cool one today. Uh, for, it feels like for years, and not dissimilar to how long it took me to uh, find a D&D &D game. Like, I remember, 
like from the time I started looking to the time where I actually found one was probably like 10 years. It feels like, uh, not dissimilar. I feel like I've been looking to play a call of Cthulhu game, uh, for just as long. (laughs) Uh, it's always something that sounded interesting. I've watched a few, I think I've watched a few actual plays, you know, I've looked at the rules and they sounded like they would be fun. And finally, finally, uh, found a group uh, online and uh, played in a one-shot. And I gotta say, I fucking loved it. Uh, so uh, uh, if you're unfamiliar with Call of Cthulhu, picture uh, D&D. And if you're unfamiliar with D&D, that's Dungeons & Dragons, uh, a role-playing game, uh, uh, where you're, you know, uh, you're, you have a character, you've created a character, you pretend to be that character, you're trying to do things within this world, and you roll dice to determine the outcome of those things you are trying to do. You know, boil it down. That's it. Uh, the rule system in Call of Cthulhu is pretty straightforward from what I saw. We didn't... Um, no, we did do some combat. <laughs> My character, Dewey Smythe Rockhouse Third, was a bit of a... Uh, 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 um, yeah, fearful, nervous mama's boy. Uh, so he didn't do much fighting. Uh, also, uh, his stats were such that uh, he probably would... He, to try to fight, would just miss everything. Uh, on that note, uh, one of the funnest parts, at least for me, was, uh, so, uh, uh, I don't want to give too much away story-wise, well, although I don't really know what the story is necessarily, so, like, if the, the, oh, they don't call it a DM, they call it a overseer? I forget what they call it. There's a name for the person who, excuse me, runs the session. I don't know if this was something of his creation or like a, a, a module that he was running. I think it might've been a module anyways. Uh, so <laughs> there was a point in the, towards the end of the module where, uh, uh we had found this sort of, uh, a giant torso with like multiple arms and legs and just ooey gooey. Oh, so chewy disgustingness growing out of it. Um, and uh, the other two uh, uh, characters that were there were, like, battling it. One had a gun, one had a, uh, a shovel. They were just, like, trying to kill it. And my character uh, <laughs> did the only, you know, the, the the most logical thing he could think of, which is, of course, uh, run away and call his mother to come pick him up. <laughs> uh, fortunately, Mom brought a gun. Uh, I remember uh, during the session I uh, uh, posted a picture of uh, a stop or my mom will shoot. So, you know. It wasn't unhelpful, I suppose. It kind of was. Uh, yeah, so the story revolved around... We're at a dinner party, and uh, across the street we see this uh, uh, the, the host of the dinner. One of his neighbors is returning very late at night with a bunch of packages, and uh, something falls out of one, and uh, a couple of us, uh, it was me and one other, saw that what dropped out was like a severed hand. <laughs> so that's weird. Uh, and, and then it sort of, uh, uh, leads to, uh, investigations. Uh, uh, I spent, uh, because, uh, my character was a librarian, uh, you sort of pick a profession, uh, and that'll give you, you know, certain bonuses and, and stuff like that. Uh, so since mine was a librarian, he went to the library to study up on, uh, uh, sort of this neighbor, this neighborhood, uh, uh, there was a point where uh, we were at the house, just sort of nonchalantly trying to get a look around. My uh, my my thought was, uh, we'll go up to the house, and uh, uh, I'm just going to ask to use his phone. 
Uh, <laughs> that actually worked. Uh, and, and, you know, see if we say anything weird, which we did not. But as we were leaving, we heard a baby crying, it sounded like, which was weird because he wasn't supposed to have a baby. Uh, so then our investigation uh, led us to the fact that his wife and child uh, died uh, in childbirth. So, you know, that's weird. Why would we hear a baby? Um, and, you know, it, it sort of went like that. Like we did some investigation, some snooping. Uh, uh, and eventually put together that, uh, 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 you know, shit was going down in this house that, uh, was evil and maddening. Uh, and that's sort of one of the other cool things that, uh, I knew of Call of Cthulhu, but, uh, had never experienced before, uh, was the, uh, madness. So you have a, like a, a, a sanity meter almost, I guess you would call it if this was video games. And, uh, as you are exposed to, you know, uh, 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 worse and worse things, it goes down and there's consequences for, you know, bad roles on your sanity, uh, uh, sanity meter again, I'm just going to call it. Uh, yeah, very, very cool. So like at one point, uh, uh, I think it was like a cupboard was open and it was just full of like dead bodies and gore and shit. Uh, fortunately I was upstairs, so I didn't have to roll, but my other two, uh, the other two players had to roll. Uh, and they both went like a little crazy and just started laughing hysterically. So I'm upstairs, you know, uh, calling my mom <laughs> or ready to, uh, uh, and, and they're down there just laughing their head off. And I come down and see that they're laughing and sort of have, have spread gore all over themselves and their, you know, insanity. So, you know, it was fucked up. Yeah. That's, uh, that's one thing I think Call of Cthulhu also is known for is just fucked up, dark, uh, you know, mind bendy stories of insanity. Yeah. And, uh, that's what it was. Uh, DM was great. Other players were great. Uh, DM was from Germany. I think two, uh, one of the players was German. Uh, shoot. I forget where the other guy was from. Um, yeah, uh, it was like a, uh, just a, just a great first experience. Uh, in fact, the DM, uh, so nice. Uh, in fact, a couple of players said they really enjoyed my character, uh, which always feels so good. Um, uh, DM actually said, uh, I'm just calling him DM. I forget what they call it, uh, in Call of Cthulhu. It's got a different name. Anyways, uh, he said, uh, he hadn't uh, run a, uh, one of these in a while and, uh, that this was probably his favorite session that he's ever run. Uh, also he said that, uh, every other time he run it, uh, he'd had at least one death, if not a total party wipeout. Uh, and we all made it through alive. So, you know, props to us, I suppose, I suppose. All right, uh, let's push the final button here, it looks like. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie bit me. Is this real life? Internet intercourse. I like turtles. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is John's Candy. Thank you for that sponsorship. And the first is speedrun history breakdowns. Yeah, that's a thing that I now know about and find interesting. Uh, it's this thing where, like, I knew what speedruns are, and if you don't, it's where people play video games uh, and then try to, you know, do it very quickly, basically. Uh, you know, uh, each game can have different categories, so there's uh, quite often there's a glitchless, uh, which means, you know, you're not allowed to use any glitches to get through obviously as the name implies um uh, th there's ones where there that rule is taken away and you see some crazy shit when that's the case uh, uh the 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 amazing things people just through 
I don't even understand some of the means in which these people find these glitches that help them to get through video games faster, but it's, it's sort of fascinating. Um, and, and, and you know, I, I, I've watched some of those before, like, um, what's one that I've watched like Mario ones. Those are interesting. Uh, cause it's like beating, uh, uh, Mario for the NES in like three minutes, that sort of thing. Uh, it's just watching someone do that. It's just like the, the, the technical, uh, ability that must be needed to do some of the shit that you saw on, see on screen is just incredible. Uh, however, what I've, uh, been watching lately and I've watched a handful now, and they're all very interesting, is people dissecting the history of speedruns. So there's some great ones on the uh, aforementioned Mario. Uh, one that jumped out and sort of why I wanted to bring it back here was one from uh, Dr. Swellman, uh, where he talked about uh, Final Fantasy X uh, and how over the years there's been sort of different leaps and bounds in how it uh, has been beat. That one is like oh shoot how long was it It was like 30 hours or something like that anyways it it was a lot i don't think it was 30 hours 13 i can't remember anyways uh just because that was the first final fantasy game i actually ever played was uh, final fantasy 10 if you can if you can believe it uh so that one was interesting to watch uh and and he really gets into not only what is done to improve these runs over the literal years, but also talks about like who is doing it, uh, uh, sort of delves a little bit into the individuals who are uh, are doing this sort of stuff. Uh, It's just sort of like a, like a sort of an interesting little documentary about each of these uh, uh, various speed runs and how they've come to be over the years. And it's a, I don't know, it's a relaxing, fascinating, and uh, I've enjoyed them. So, you know, if that sounds interesting to you, check it out. Moving on to Hats Off Entertainment. Yes, uh, I've spoken of them a couple of times, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, doing great stuff over there. Uh, recently posted uh, a tribute to John Candy. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, Canadian uh, royalty, John Candy. Uh, 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 comedian who... Uh, com- comedic actor who I feel like... Yeah, we, we don't have anyone like this anymore. Uh, uh, sort of famously nice, you know, Canadian, sure, of course. Uh, 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 just both an amazing comedic actor, but you could see uh, before he passed away the sort of development of a more uh, uh, dramatic uh, acting chops, if we, if we want to call it that, and uh, uh, just just easy to love. Yeah, John Candy is one of the easiest people to love, and... Uh, the, the tribute that uh, uh, Hats Off Entertainment did was uh, really incredible. You, you you know what I think I like about it as well is you can feel how much he uh, 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 loves and appreciates John Candy uh, just pouring through the screen when you watch it. So I uh, wanted to bring that back uh, definitely and mention because, you know, I want you to feel that love as well. Feel the love. Uh, okay, we got an, uh, another uh, uh, item here that uh, we've spoken of a couple times, which is Krug Smash. And you know what? Uh, I think I brought this back for a similar reason to the John Candy special, now that, I, now that I'm just sort of sitting here thinking about it. Uh, and that is Feeling the Love. Uh, he's recently, uh, if you're unfamiliar with Krug Smash, I should say, since I don't talk about him every episode, although I have a fair amount of times, he plays a game called Dwarf Fortress, which is like a procedurally generated world where, you know, it, it's one famously sort of one of the most detailed games of all time. Uh, coming to Steam soon, hopefully. Uh, 
anyways, excuse me. Uh, so yeah, he plays that and then sort of creates a story around the gameplay and then adds like hand-drawn art uh, uh, and just, it's sort of always been a very, uh, just a fun sort of chill experience. Um, but something about this particular one feels like, uh, either he's coming to his groove or he's, he, he's got some extra love for this particular, uh, settlement that he's created. Uh, uh, it's a town called Waddle Squash. Uh, he's using a mod that, uh, uh adds a sort of very, uh, fall, I guess kind of Halloween. Yeah. Kind of Halloweeny vibe. Uh, it's the kingdom of autumn and, uh, normally in dwarf fortress, your villagers that you are, uh, uh, you know, uh, not creating, I guess, but you're managing, yeah, it's sort of a villager manager, sim kind of sort of, kind of sort of, it's a lot of things. It's, it's something you have to sort of delve into in order to fully, uh, appreciate, I feel like, uh, and I recommend you do, um, yeah, so uh, uh, instead of dwarves, as it normally is in your village that you're uh, taking care of, uh, <laughs> they're all like little pumpkins running around. Uh, so I think he was uh, in the most recent episode, he's up to like 30 of them. Uh, you, you know, so you got some who are, uh, you know, working in the mill, some who are chopping trees, some who are making uh, ash to make glass, some who are sewing. Uh, and they're all sort of living in this village that you uh, uh, build around you. So you, you're creating, you know, homes for them. You're creating town halls, you're creating guild halls, you're creating shops and, uh, bridges. And uh, it, it's just the amount of things you can do in this game is incredible. Now, uh, he's playing in a version, uh, pre, uh, graphics. It's what's it called? ASCII where, uh, it's, <laughs> it's like, you're going to, the first time you see Dwarf Fortress without, uh, the way it was originally created without, uh, you know, a sort of graphics, you're going to be, what the fuck am I looking at? And it does definitely take a while to start to see and understand what everything is. But, uh, I've watched enough now that I feel like I get a lot of it. If not everything, like for example, uh, 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 say a goblin attacks, uh, comes and attacks your, your settlement, right? You're not going to see a goblin running into your town. You're going to see the letter G run into uh, a, a series of other uh, letters and shapes and dots. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Um, and I recommend it. You know what else? Uh, I forgot. Uh, I was going to do an honorable mention to critical role season three and, uh, how much fun, uh, you could sort of tell that they're just having there. Like, uh, uh, it's gotta be, oh shit. You know what I just realized? Or did they already? Maybe it's next week. Uh, yeah. So I remember them saying they're going to do three weeks on one week off three weeks on. So they're going to take the last week, uh, every week, the last week of every month off. So I don't know if that's next week or not. Uh, anyways, uh, sorry. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, there's got to be that nerves of coming into a, a new campaign with new characters and uh, even a new player. Um, but how quickly they seemingly just got over that and jumped into just having a, a seemingly a shit ton of fun uh, has been incredible to watch. Uh, you know, there's some of the just figuring out stuff at the beginning of their characters and how they're going to interact with one another. That's... Uh, you know, that can be tricky, but, uh, it's been a delight to watch them. It, it's giving me some, 
uh, early Adventure Zone balance arc vibes. Uh, I almost can't put my picture on why, uh, because that they were still sort of figuring out D and D. Uh, whereas here, you know, that's less so, although <laughs> some of them haven't played in a while. So, you know, every once in a while, uh, a rule will, will maybe be, uh, uh, forgotten a little bit, which, you know, there's so many rules in D and D that that's, uh, that's easy to do. Also the goddamn cliffhanger of the third episode. What the fuck is going on? I cannot wait. I cannot wait. It's, it's what I, of the media I am consuming, what I am most excited for. Ooh, Star Trek Discovery. Mm, no, no. Yeah, this. Uh, 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 you know what? I've been watching Doctor Who too, which is very good. Man, so much good shit right now. Yeah, living in a land of plenty when it comes to media consumption. Uh, I think I am going to put Critical Role uh, Campaign 3 Episode 4 is what I'm most excited for. Especially the first bit, I assume, where we figure out if one of the fucking main characters died or not. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. <laughs> to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. No, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper